grow weary and they shall run and not faint. It's backwards, isn't it? They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Was it wrong on the screen too? I don't know. Use your Bible next time. It's Isaiah 40. Amen. It's Isaiah 40. Hallelujah. It's 31, I think, right? Isaiah 40, 31. Amen. All right. Let's go to the Word of God tonight. Ecclesiastes. And praise the Lord. Chapter 11. We are almost there. Man, some of you, you're just hanging on saying, Preacher, we got to be done this book soon, don't we? Come on. We'll just let the Lord do His thing. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 11. Again, as always, I've enjoyed the study in the Word of God. Hey, uh, tonight I failed to mention, and I apologize, my wife's not in here, and I, was, I just was look, wasn't looking at her and remembering. Uh, my wife, uh, her, her grandmother passed away last night. And um, this, she, it, it is sad, but, but I mean, it was her time. I mean, she'd been hanging on for a while. She was in her 90s, lived a good long, long life. She was a farmer's wife. And Grandpa's already in heaven, and she went on to meet him, okay? Um, and so, it was, it, praise the Lord. But she's been up and down this last year and hanging on and, and all that. Well, um, it was last night. She graduated on to heaven, all right? And so, uh, I'm asking for your prayer uh, because uh, I don't know when the funeral is yet, but it's going to be sometime next week, and they've asked me to preach it. And so, uh, uh, I just don't know all the details yet, uh, but there will be a lot of driving involved and, uh, and preaching, but I'm not going to, won't, I won't be missing a service, I'll figure it out, I'll, whatever it takes, right, through the night or whatever it takes, so I won't be missing a service, I'll be here for, for you, uh, but uh, just uh, driving and, and preaching and, and uh, hugging family and all that in the process, and so thank you for your prayers, I do appreciate you uh, and your support there, all right? Ecclesiastes chapter 11, let's pray real quick and then we'll get right into it. Lord, thank you for your word. And Lord, thank you for the, the book of Ecclesiastes. And Lord, I know I've learned a lot. I pray that your people are learning. And uh, Lord, I just ask your uh, help and blessing as we walk through uh, this shorter chapter. Lord, verse, just 10 verses. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you would be pleased. And God, that you would preach through me whatever you want. That you would bring to light the text, the, 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 what you want tonight, Lord. The different aspects of the text. And uh, that you would not allow me to labor anything you don't want, Lord. And you allow me to park on some things you do want. And God, that you would be glorified as we learn your word. And help us. And, and Holy Spirit of God, give power and just your presence as we are in your word tonight, please. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Verse 1 says, this is Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters. For thou shalt find it after many days. That seems a little odd, doesn't it? What are we doing? Feeding ducks? <laughs> Cast your bread upon the water. All right? Most of us understand that, going down to the, the park or whatever and throwing old bread out on the water and, and feeding the ducks. But it gets soggy real quick, doesn't it? Uh, this seems a little odd. Well, it's in context with verse 2. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. He's speaking of helping people. Okay, but wait a minute. Why are we talking about casting bread on the water if we're talking about helping other people? Um, and the idea here is uh, if you think about, uh, uh, well, um, 
Brother Gwen's here tonight. Appreciate him. Comes in, comes and goes as he travels, and I appreciate him being here tonight. And he would understand this, and and I, uh, I've learned a little bit from being in different parts of the world. But Eastern bread over there in the east, all right, in the Middle East, a lot of times it can it, it'll be flat. Okay, I know from uh, I don't know if Israel's always this way, or if it's just during uh, uh, just during Sabbath or. Uh, Passover, but I know that when I went into the country of Jordan as well, the bread was flat. It was like a it was like a cake, uh, like a just a thin piece of bread that was just flat, like a, almost like a disc that you would throw a circle deal like that. And if you imagine that being thrown on the water, it will float for a time and and could go downstream. And really, the illustration here is we don't know who's downstream. You could throw that bread on the water, it could go on downstream, and somebody could be helped by it. Okay? The idea here is, it's not, an, it's not the thought of wasting your bread, but it's being a help to those that need it. Amen. And sometimes we don't understand, and we don't know what God is doing, but God the Holy Spirit leads us to help somebody, and we can be hesitant, and He's saying, trust me, I want you to help people. Look at, again, look at, the, look at the Word of God and look at the context. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. That's a promise there. Help people, because you're going to need help one day. And it's going to come back. Okay? And we've got some scripture to help us understand it, so to compare here. Give a portion to seven and also to eight. Why, why does he say seven and also to eight? I believe he said that because seven is a number of completion. Like we, we might think, well, I've done all I can do. And he's saying, we'll do a little bit more. It's okay to be a giver and to have a generous heart. Jesus was that way. He wants us to be that way. But you know what, how we are in 2022, right? Because nobody, everybody's a cheat nowadays. Right? He st- they stand on the corner. They're saying, I need help. I need help. I need help. Well, I helped, the li- I helped the guy last two months ago. So I'm good. But preacher, you don't understand. I saw that guy in Walmart talking on his cell phone buying beer. We've been there, haven't we? We've seen people like that. You know, you see them doing all kinds of stuff and you don't know who to trust and what not to do. And I have just developed a way that I, I try to, instead of just handing out money, I try to buy food. Well, come with me and let me buy you a meal or let me buy you, let me take you in the store and get you something. And, and that's just the way that it works for me. And I can't always do that when they're on the side of the road. Sometimes it's, you understand, you're busy and you're, you're, you're running fast and they're beating on your window asking for stuff. And it just, it seems to get old. But what God's teaching us here is help people. Give, he says, give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. In other words, you don't know when it's your turn to need help. Because we're not God. Praise the Lord, there has been times when people have helped my, myself and my wife. And I'm not saying that, that we, could not, uh, we could not buy uh, our groceries or necessarily, and that might be the case for some of you at different times. I've heard about the great prayer warriors of, uh, of times past where they're sitting around a table with, with two beans to rub together and they're praying, Lord, give us something to eat. And somebody knocks on the door with a bag of groceries. Praise God for those stories. 
Okay, I have never been in that position myself where I've been that way, but I know I've been in a position with I'm running around on a donut wondering how I'm going to get my, my car, you know, a real tire on there and how long the donut's going to last. And God has provided ways through people because I've been in that, pot, that spot before. I've been in the place where, where all of a sudden, out of the blue, you're hit with a major expense and you're going, hey Amen. How are we going to handle this? And, and God, uh, God provides people to help. Maybe it's sometimes with, with money and sometimes it's with wisdom. And you know what I'm talking about there. And so um, uh, praise God for that. And so let's move on there. Well, let's, go, let's look at just a few, a few verses here. It might help us. Uh, let's go to Proverbs 19 real quick here. One book back. This is Solomon in his wisdom that God gave him. In his younger days, Proverbs chapter 19. Proverbs 19. And look at verse 17. Proverbs 19, verse 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto who? The Lord. The Lord. What's God saying here? Yeah, you, you give something to the poor, you're giving it to me. Now, what he says there? He that, le- that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. Huh. God says, you, you take care of others, I'll take care of you. That's what he's saying here. We don't, we don't really think that way enough. Some of you have a giving heart, and some of you do think that way, and others of us don't. Because we've worked hard for what we have, and we get stingy with it, don't we? We ought to help people. Not saying that you need to throw a dollar at every, every guy that's walking down the street, but we ought to have a giving heart. You understand? We ought to, we ought to think that way because that's what the Lord has asked of us. Let's go, to, uh, let's go to, you can write this one down and look at it later. Luke 6.38, but go to Hebrews 6 with me. Luke 6.38, but go to Hebrews chapter 6 with me. Hebrews 6. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 10. Hebrews 6.10. Bible says here, Hebrews 6.10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. So God knows exactly what you're doing and when you're doing it. Because a lot of times we're doing it when nobody's looking. You with me? Especially when you're helping people. A lot of people don't know about that. We don't broadcast when, when you know, uh, uh, I'm hesitant to even say it, but I, just, I was helping somebody recently financially that, that was just needing it, right? And, and they, they said, man, I'm just struggling, I need, need a little, so I gave some money there and, and I gave it and they ended up paying it back and praise the Lord for that, but I gave it, not intending it to come back, but God, God allowed it to come back. Okay, and what I'm saying there is, we not everybody knows those things. You don't, we don't put those on a billboard and 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 write everybody's name down that gives money like that. Okay, what God's saying here is, I know it when you do it. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed towards His name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. He says you help people and keep helping people, and God knows who you are and what you're doing. In other words, God will take care of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, good. Let's continue here. Verse 3. 
If the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, in the place where the tree falleth, there it shall be. Seems like common sense, doesn't it? Okay, the tree's going to fall, and it's going to fall where it falls, and leave it just where it is. You're not going to change that, right? Uh, you weren't there when it fell, and it's going to fall. But he's saying, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. God planned it that way, yes? Evaporation and, and putting water into the clouds and all that such, right? And then when they get full, they rain. You know, sometimes it rains on Brother Martini. Yeah, I know. And sometimes it, it rains on Brother Marion. And sometimes it, 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 it rains on Brother Charlie back here, right? And his wife, right? Sometimes it rains on me and sometimes it rains on the Timmermans down here, right? Appreciate them. And, and, and we don't know when it's going to rain on us. That's not for us to know and it's not for us to dwell on that fact. Sometimes it rains. And raining, even though oftentimes we look at it kind of negatively, like, oh, it's a blessing to some people. Because there's a farmer somewhere that's praying for some rain. Not really in October. (laughs) That's harvest time. (laughs) We get that, right? But at some point, he was praying for some rain. Okay, we get that. I'm already thinking October. It's still September, isn't it? What is today? The 28th? 28th. We're almost there. Amen. Okay. Sorry, I've been doing a lot of planning and thinking in October the last couple of days, and that's just what's in my mind. Okay. Uh, and so we're going to get rained on. We can't escape it. We can't change it. What we need to do is accept it and remember that if we're helping folks when it's sunny in our life, that when it's raining in our life, God will remember that and He'll help us. He'll use other people to help us. Okay. This doesn't mean that you put $10 in the offering plate and somebody's going to put an envelope on on your car with $10 in it. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is God says, I'm going to take care of you. And it might be in a different way. God doesn't work all in just money. He works in a lot of ways. Okay? But he says, you help people and I'll help you. Look at verse 4, please. He that observeth the wind shall not sow. And he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. What does that mean? Okay, think, for a far, think in, in terms of a farmer again. Okay, you're looking at the wind. Oh no, there's a storm brewing. Right? You're looking at the wind going, it's going to bring some rain with it. You're looking at the clouds. Oh, there they come. And what happens? We don't go into the field and work. Because we're looking for excuses. And sometimes we're, we're, you know, we, go, we can go to the whole half gla- the glass is half empty kind of thing where we're just complaining about everything and we're always waiting for the next shoe to drop or whatever the case, you know, whatever you want to say, whatever phrase you want to say there. And, all, and God says, no, 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 no. You're not God and you don't know what's coming. Trust me. Do the work that you're here to do and keep going. Now, if it rains, it rains. Pull your tractor out of the field. Don't ruin your crops, but you keep working until it starts raining. Amen? Too often, we're looking for excuses. And, uh, well, you know, this didn't work out so great last Sunday, so I, I think I'll just stay home this week. 
You know, those kids, they, they, they really gave me a hard time in junior church last week. And you know what? I'm just going to tell them I can't do it this week. Really? Come on now. We know kids are kids. And God needs somebody to preach to those kids and you're in that place. To show up and preach to them kids. Amen? Well, Pastor John, if you only knew. I do know. Amen? Been there. Let's keep serving God. Let's stick with that thing. Because I remember as a kid, men and women making a difference in my life. And I remember as a child, Sunday school teachers that had to put up with me. (laughs) And look now, if they knew that God had me as pastor and in the ministry, to their account, to their their, praise the Lord for them. If... uh, if the, if, the God, if the man that led me to the Lord knew the things that I would handle this week for God's glory, Amen. praise God, that's on His account. Amen? Amen? Let's stick with it. Let's stay with, stay with the stuff here. We, uh, in, in, in verse 4, just a little bit of uh, historical and a little bit of geography here. In Israel, okay, think about Israel for a minute. To the west is what big body of water? I said to the west, sorry. Okay. To the west of Israel is a big body of water, isn't it? So what is it? Mediterranean Sea, right? Well, in, in Israel, the western winds and the northwestern winds would oftentimes bring water. Okay? I realize this from being in Michigan, right? If you can think about geography for a minute, being in Michigan, there's a big body of water over here on the left-hand side to the west, and it was, the Lake, it was Lake Michigan. And the weather always changed, and it changed quickly because um, air and wind and weather coming over the lake would quickly change it for us. It would drop on us. It would bring rain sometimes unexpectedly. It would bring a lot of snow. We had what we called lake effect snow that nobody knew about, and you'd wake up and you got two inches on the ground because it came over the lake over the night and it dropped. And uh, it's pretty good when you have a plow business. It's not so good for everybody else that has no idea it's coming. Amen. All right. Okay, good. Moving on. I like those things. I like lake effects. No, it was a good moneymaker. Amen. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, and so uh, he's saying here, uh, you're looking at the winds, you're looking at the clouds, and you're, you're saying, well, I better not do He said, no, keep working. Verse 5. As thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child. Even so, thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. In other words, I'm not God, and I ought not to start saying things like I know that God knows, you know, that that I have the knowledge of God. And so I ought not to start assuming things and drawing conclusions or, what do we say, counting our chickens before they hatch, Right? Yeah, maybe I should just smile, serve God, enjoy life, and then when the rainy season comes, I deal with it. Right. Amen? Amen? That's what he's saying here. Okay? The, it's interesting here. He says, Thou knowest not what is the way of the Spirit. You know, it's a miraculous thing, a child in a mother's womb. Yes. It's a miraculous thing. God said, I'm, you're, uh, or David said, I'm, I'm wonder, wonderfully made. It's a wonderful thing. It's a miraculous thing. And how God forms a little baby in a mother's womb there 
And then he breathes into it that spirit. That, that everlasting soul. Have science figure that one out. You with me? We're still, we're still three parts, are we not? We're body, spirit, and soul. Spirit, soul, and body. Whatever you want to say, right? Whatever direction there. That's from God. Amen. Bible says that, that uh, God breathed into Adam the breath of life. And He made him a living soul. Gave him a soul and spirit. And, and try to figure that one out in science. How that's uh, everlasting and, and, and it will always be. And God gave us not just a soul... The inner us that, 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 that inner us that doesn't ever go away, but also a spirit that we can then commune with Him for all eternity if we choose. Amen? Praise the Lord for that. So what he's saying here is we don't understand how God does all that. Okay, there's only one thing that can divide asunder the soul and spirit. That's the Word of God, amen? There's only one thing to do that. We don't understand how all that works, but God does that in the womb. And brings forth life. And just like we can't, under, we can't comprehend all that, we don't know that what God is doing in this world and in our life. So let's just work and keep at it and, and serve God. Verse 6. In the morning sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thy hand. For thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. Okay, he's, he's comparing the morning hours with the evening hours. Okay? You know, oftentimes in the Middle East, and especially in years ago, before there was AC and all these things, and tractors and, and how they knew how to do all these things, right? There was the heat of the day when sometimes they wouldn't work. The real hot part when the sun's beating right over their head. And they'd work in the morning as soon as the sun came up till it got hot. And then they'd take a break for a moment, rest, eat, and they come back at it when the sun's not directly over them, when it's really blistering hot. And they come back and they'd work for the rest of the day till the sun went down. So he's comparing morning with, uh, what's he say here, the evening? or after, What's he say again? Uh, he says morning with the evening here. Okay, And he says, you've got to work hard in both spots. Don't, don't work hard in the morning and just say, well, I'm done. This, forget it. This ain't going to be worth nothing. He says, complete your work. Go all the way with that thing. You could make a great application here. And you could say, when you're young, work hard. And when you get a little older, keep working hard. Because you don't know what life's going to bring. Don't quit when you're 35 or 40. Because you've got a lot of life left. And God still wants to use you where you're at. Right? Morning and evening. We could use a lot of application there. Uh, as God allows there with His Spirit. Right? And He says, you don't know if the morning's going to be better. Or if the evening's going to be better. When you're sowing and reaping in the field. So in other words, keep at it. Keep at it. Verse 7. Truly, the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. Let's keep reading. Verse 8. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Okay, in this context, talking about light. Okay, help me, help me here. Where's light come from? The sun, Right? Is the sun a blessing? Oh, surely it is. The sun brings light. The sun brings heat. And it brings a whole lot of life. Amen? Science teachers, come on now. 
Okay, the the, the, the sun uh, uh, lets uh, lets those plants make all that green stuff, right? I didn't prepare to teach a science lesson tonight. I apologize, but. It, it produces all that green in that plant, right? Gives it light, gives it to grow. And then the sun dries up certain puddles. And then later it puts it in another place. The, the, the weather does, right? Where it needs it. The sun brings so much life. It's a blessing, right? And so what he's saying here is it's sweet. It's a good thing. It's a pleasant thing. Uh, we do well when, when the sun is shining. Praise God we don't live in a place where it's always cloudy, right? Sometimes we got warm weather and sometimes the sun is shining. It's a beautiful uh, beautiful thing. I love springtime. We come out of the winter, and all of a sudden, the spring, and the birds start chirping, and the, and the, the sun's a shine. I love Easter because it's springtime. I just I just enjoy that. All right, I look forward to that time of year. Whether some of you are thinking, yeah, you know, spring training baseball, or you know, you know whatever it is, you know, you're thinking all kinds of stuff. I just think of life green. You know, new life is out, and uh, things start to bloom, and all that. Truly, the light is sweet, and a pleasant thing it is for the eyes to behold the sun. Okay? Not having light, and not having the sun, and darkness there. That's what he starts talking about in verse 8. But if a man live many years and rejoice in them all, it's a good thing to rejoice in when, when we have sunlight, when we have life, when we have these things. Yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. That's interesting. Is he saying that we're going to live a time without the sun? As I started to think about that, that doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? The sun's not going to burn up. You realize that? The science keeps telling us that. Well, science is observation, okay? The world keeps telling us that. The scientific community is what I meant to say. They keep saying, well, evolution, you know, the sun's going to burn out, and then one day uh, man's going to have to figure out where he's going to go and where he's going to live. That's a bunch of hogwash right there. Can I say it that way? It's a bunch of hogwash. You know, Colossians chapter 1 says God sustains all things. By, by, him, uh, by him all things consist. That's what the Scripture says. The reason we have gravity is because the Lord Jesus says it's so. The reason the earth spins is because the Lord Jesus says it's so. The reason the sun comes up is just because the earth is spinning. It's because the Lord makes it happen. We're not running out of oxygen until God says it's time for the earth to be done. Right? There's coming a day when the, when the earth, the heavens and the earth will pass away. Revelation chapter 20. And in 21, that new heaven and that new earth. We're not going to lose the sun. We're not going to... I mean, Hollywood likes this stuff. They, they come up with these, these stories and these movies and these things about, oh, the, 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 there was a big thing and the earth just ran out of food, so we've got to go find another planet to live on. That's not Bible. You can chase stories and all that stuff all you want, but that's not Bible. When God's done with the earth, it's going to pass away, and then there's a great white throne judgment. Okay, don't go there. Don't be a part of that. Get saved. Amen. And then Revelation 21, the new heaven and new earth. It's created for us. Praise God for it. Amen? Amen. Can you imagine that? Seeing that new Jerusalem drop down out of the sky? Amen. It's a new earth because the dimensions of heaven that he's talking about, the new Jerusalem, so big. I mean, how's it going to fit on any How's it going to work in the continents around here? It's literally going to be more than half the size of the United States, a city. And then, that's only, that's only 2D, right? So we're talking about cube, right? It's, he says 12,000 furlongs is something like, if I'm remembering uh, 
1,300 miles cubed, 1,322 or something like that. I don't know. I don't remember. It's right off the top of my head. But it's that way and that way, right? It's half the United States. But then it's that way. 1,300 miles in the air. Woo! That's a new earth for you. I don't know if we're going to have little wings on our shoes or if we're going to have elevators. I don't know. Or if we're going to be like George Jetson and have a briefcase that turns into a flying car. You know, I don't know. But it's going to be cool. And I'm going to be there. You know why? Because I'm saved. Amen. Let's finish the chapter real quick, all right? Uh, verse 8 here, he's saying, but, but there's coming days when there will be darkness. I think, I believe what he's talking about here is death. Remember, this, this book is written from a viewpoint of a man without God. And so he's saying that, that vanity, all is vanity, beginning of the book. He's saying here, man without God, you're going to a grave when there will be much darkness. Do we realize that hell is a bottomless pit that is, is black? It's, it's dark. It's not a party scene. It's not with all your friends. You'll be alone, tormented, until that day when hell gives up the dead and is cast into the lake of fire. I don't know about the lake of fire if it's black, but I know that hell is talked about that way. Okay? Oftentimes we just say hell. I, I know we understand hell is not a permanent place. It's a place that will one day be put into the lake of fire, and the lake of fire is a permanent place. But we use those terms interchangeably, and I know there will be darkness in hell. And so I don't know about the lake of fire. I, I have not seen that yet. Maybe, perhaps it is. Let's continue, verse 9. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth, and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth. And walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. Sounds a little strange here. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. What's he say? Rejoice. Do what you want to do. Let your heart be happy. Go after your heart. Go after your eyes. It seems a little contrary, doesn't it? He's trying to teach us some balance here. Because the end of the verse here, But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Just to compare Scripture with Scripture, and we're out of time, so you can write this down if you'd like to look at this. Numbers chapter 15. Numbers 15 and verse... Verses 38 through 40. If you'd like to study this more. Numbers 15, 38 to 40. He says exactly, he says, don't follow your heart. He says, don't walk in the ways of thine heart. And don't uh, chase the things in the sight of thine eyes. He says that specifically. So what we're understanding here is, he says, you can enjoy life. But the end of the verse kind of gives us that balance and that context here. But there's limits to what you do. Because the judgment of God will come. In other words, you don't know what God's going to do. So keep working. Keep enjoying life. But then he says, but God's going to have a time of judgment. So what we must do is have balance in life, right? The Word of God always teaches balance. We look at book after book and where God teaches us, and there's great balance there. Okay, God says, uh, um, God says, yeah, I want you to be a father. But I also want you to go out and work and provide food on the table. But I also want you to be a good husband. But I also want you to serve me. There's a lot of balance in life, isn't there? 
We've got to rightfully balance these things that God wants us to do. Well, here he's saying, I want you to enjoy life, but there's limits. Because your body and your heart want certain things you chase after, but you've got to do what's right in the boundaries of God's Word. Amen? You don't follow your, your world. This world tells you to follow your heart. That ain't Bible. Because your heart is wicked. So is mine. I know what goes through this head sometimes when I'm laying by myself. And, and what my heart desires and what, what, what my body wants and all those things. And God says that's wickedness. You don't trust that stuff. You do what the Bible says, what's truth. Amen? Amen. It's time to get our heart in check sometimes. And so he says, judgment comes. So be careful. You enjoy life, but you remember there's limits. And then he says, verse 10, Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and put away evil from thy flesh, for childhood and youth are vanity. Alright? This word sorrow... We would know it means grief. It means, um, uh, but in this context here, it's grief and vexation. And when I looked up the Hebrew word here, anger and being provoked to anger is also in the definition. The the um, the, the root word here, and I don't have it for you, but the meaning of the root is is pointing towards anger. So, in other words, we're sorrowful and we get angry over the things we're grieving about. And we're dwelling on that fact. All right? Then that word evil, he says, Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart and put away evil. Okay? Evil here is adversity, as affliction. It's displeasure. But the, the context and the pointing of the root here is that it spools the soul because you dwell on it and you grow bitter from it. You with me tonight? Sometimes there's things in, in life that happen to us and we can get angry about it. We just, I'm going through bits of anger because I don't understand why this happened to me. And we can dwell on that thing and we can let that evil stay in our mind. And bitterness starts to rise, doesn't it? What's God say? That, that little root of bitterness, get rid of it. Before it springs up in you and causes great uh, trouble. Defile the man, Right? That anger, that bitterness, that stuff that dwells in your heart. And he says, get rid of it. Remove it. Put it away for childhood and youth or vanity. Okay. In other words, our youthful heart, our immaturity, doesn't like to get rid of thoughts that are wrong. Do they? What is, does God tell us to think on things that are right? And whatsoever thing is pure? Right? Whatsoever thing is... And He has a whole list there. Is it... Is it uh, Philippians, that's where it's at. Philippians, whatsoever thing is pure, whatsoever thing is, is, is true. Uh, now I'm going to have a hard time quoting it. Come on, Brother Horton, help me out. Amen. Um, that, that verse in Philippians, right? And he says, you need to think on what is right and what is acceptable before God. You get that junk out of your head. If it's not right, then you change your thoughts. Because you dwell on it and then your heartstrings start getting pulled on it. And then, you're, and then, man, you're starting to get connected and that bitterness starts taking root. And now it's starting to spring up and show its ugly head. And now all of a sudden you've got this big tree of bitterness that it's hard to get rid of because it's rooted and it's connected. It's easy as a child, as a teenager, 
to struggle with emotions and with our thought life. And as an adult, as we mature in Christianity, we learn there's certain things that we should not dwell on. And there's certain things that we need to clean out of this old mind right here and make sure we're thinking things that are right and pure and honest and of good report. There you go. Thanks for helping me, Rocky. Appreciate you. Amen. Right? The Lord, the Lord started to fill my heart with Scripture there. All right, good. All right, so we finish up with chapter 11, and that's what he, um, he says there. And then chapter 12, praise the Lord, we're about done. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, amen, amen. It's 808. It's always 808 when I finish. I don't know why that is. All right, good. Let's pray. Don't forget, choir, we need you. And uh, uh, don't forget what Brother Jones was talking about with uh, sign up for Saturday if you're able to help. And uh, all of that. And appreciate, uh, fa- uh, church family, appreciate you being faithful. Thank you so much. All right, let's pray. Lord, thank you for Scripture. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for teaching us these things, these practical truths, using Solomon in his old age and some things that he had learned through experience that no matter what I've tried in life, Lord, life absent of God is all vanity. May I, may I not go the way of flesh. May I not go the way of sinful man and sinful thinking, but may I turn to God and be filled with the Spirit, and remember what truth is. And uh, Lord, thank you for this scripture tonight, and these practical teachings, and I pray you'd help us as we finish out the book, uh, Lord, as we uh, go into October. Bless, uh, I think about the teen takeover service next week, Lord, on Wednesday night, as the teens will be preaching, and leading music, and being a part of this thing, and training up young people for the Lord. I pray we'd be here, and be faithful there, and supporting them. And uh, Lord, may we finish out the week strong this week, being faithful to you. God, Lord, we ask your blessing. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church family.